to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo so kono hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines it shines no my light will not just go on hora basaka la mashida bahaya mambro dos tagida haya no my light will not just go on it's not enough that you clear you have to be excellent your light no 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel perfect and he has put all things under his side under his side A few days ago uh, we were driving somewhere with my wife and my son and I've been I've been wanting to say this for a while. <laughs> and then <laughs> anyways uh we we reached somewhere where a, a man was was standing with a box uh a box that was written it is more blessed to give than to receive and he was receiving donations so when i he was asking for you know the, like he has a box then he's asking then it's written it's more blessed to give than to receive and i began to think why isn't he giving if he believes that it is more blessed to give than to receive that's the first thing that caught my eye How do you stand knowing that it is more blessed to give than to receive but you stand receiving And then it hit me Every time we don't have conviction in our knowledge it becomes religion So every time we lack conviction in the knowledge we have of God Every time we lack conviction even in the practices that we do they become empty. <clears throat> it's possible to give and when you are even giving it's possible to dance but even when you're dancing it's empty there's no conviction you've not reached a place where you believe what you're doing. You need to believe what you're doing. Things must flow from belief to faith. But if they find themselves looking like faith but they don't have their source in belief then they are an act. That's how you can dance out of religion. But you have no conviction that you're doing it for God. That doesn't justify those who don't dance. Some of you don't dance so you're looking at people, eh? I hope you do it. You who doesn't do it at all you are worse because at least the one who's religious is trying <laughs> Hallelujah How many things or how many scriptures do you have conviction in So when I woke up in the morning um yesterday there was no sign that there was going to be a venue Was it yesterday And then I got concerned because I was thinking okay so last week we didn't lead people to Christ that was my greatest concern because we are a so winning church so I began arguing before God give us a venue where so winning church what what I was just making noise in the courts of heaven Then I began to drive here I looked at every building uh, then I began to think I remember the spirit of God brought a scripture to my attention and the scripture was All things work together for the good of those who love him and are they called according to his purpose. Then the question it's not like I don't know those things but I asked my question do I actually believe that nothing happens to my disadvantage? Is it possible that nothing can ever happen to my disadvantage? For example, we are looking for a church venue. 
We were kicked out. Like people who don't pay. Suddenly. And the man was not remorseful. He was even his haunting him. Because he was telling me, I'm not fighting the work of God, but we can't keep you there. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say you're fighting the work of God. <laughs> but they still kicked us out anyways. With, look, with two, with two more week rentals, we had paid. It's not like we defaulted. So they kicked us out. Should I believe that that is working to my good? Because, you see, sometimes there's experience versus what truth says. And remember what I taught you. If you do not learn to force experience to fit into truth, you will think that everything that God is doing in your life is a coincidence. You think it's not possible that I escaped that. It was probably a coincidence. Because you don't have conviction in the truth. You are not convinced that it is the truth. And it is in that moment of conviction that power for faith is released to cause change. Are you listening to me? There is a dimension of God, called the mercies of God. The Bible tells us the mercies of God are new every morning. It doesn't say the same about the evenings. I want to tell you something. <laughs> a time has to come when a man does not just necessarily function by the mercies of God, but they have to know the ways of God. There are times when God does things to people because of his mercies. They don't deserve it. It's the, when we say the mercies of the Lord, say, Mercy. Otherwise, you know what I mean. Come on, think of it. When someone says, Yalu say it's for mercy, it means you didn't deserve it, you. But I've given it to you. But a time comes in our relationship with God where we understand the ways of God. We have to understand the expectations of God. For example, there's a scripture that says, May God remember your sacrifices in the day of trouble. There's a day of trouble where your sacrifices have to be remembered. In that day, it's not just mercy that will speak for you. A record will be opened. He says, yeah, you, you because it's, it's, it's some, something. You Google that scripture. So, May the Lord remember your sacrifices in the day of trouble. There are times when God wants to help people, then it's like, ah, but sacrifices, there is no. <laughs> and as we begin, there, there are certain places in God that he wants us to, let me tell you, for example, in this age, we can't be careless. You're not ready. <laughs> Someone say, I'm ready. I'm ready. <clears throat> one thing that I saw, one thing that I saw, what I saw is in this age, there's going to be tremendous angelic activity. Because I shared with you the dream that I had. I was with Apostle Fred. And we were chatting. We were in the main bedroom. Where my wife and I, like, yeah, the master said, the master. Strangely, in that dream, I was with Apostle Fred. I didn't understand that too. And then, and then, and then an angel appeared outside. And he was so bright and glorious. He said, open the door. We were like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> both men of God and we were discussing deep things of God but when an angel came we were like no <laughs> no sir because the glory we had closed the door but the glory was shooting through the closed door anyways the Lord told me later on that it's in the place of intimacy that you are going to experience a certain dimension of angelic manifestation because that's what the main bedroom means it's nothing weird how are they making this building? Where do they do lighting? Oh, anyways. So, the... Um, <laughs> okay, you can all look, then focus back on me. You've looked? Good. Long encounter short. There was a, such a presence of angelic activity that was released for us to fight and for us to do the work of God in the last days. There are some angels who've never been to earth 
who will be seen. <clears throat> They've never been to it, so they're excited to work with people. Let me tell you, some of you, you may look at yourself like this, but the way you are known in heaven, the angels can't wait to work with you. No, no, no. I'm not trying to excite you. When that angel was talking to me, he started saying, ah, you guys are loved by the Father. I looked at the glory of the angel. I was like, but if the guy who is this glorious can, 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 like, he can't touch me because of how much the Father values me. He was like, it's like they couldn't understand. The angel, the angel couldn't understand. He was, he was, that being was so tall. Now, I don't know whether to say he or she, but let me just say, let me just go an, an angel. Because sometimes in the spirit you see things. <laughs> so tall. And before he left, he was telling, I'll be saying he. He started telling me how the father loves us so much, he values us. Like we are generous. I was like, eh. There are angels, there are certain angels that are waiting to work with you in such a dimension. I'm not talking about women of God, I'm talking about you. So sometimes I look at you people. I look at you people and there's worship going on and you're so stiff. You're so stiff. I'm like, wow. You can't be vulnerable before God, but before Soka, Chelsea! No, let me ask you. You think that's not vulnerability? If you can celebrate that carelessly because of somebody who doesn't even know or care about you as one, then before God, or some of you think like in the presence of God is like a mortuary, like it's just cold, you have to be stiff. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to rebuke you, I'm just saying. You shock me. Like, not in, in, a, in, uh, not in a despising way. Like, I'm, I'm concerned for you. Because what do you think you're going to be doing in heaven? You'll be working in a bank in heaven? Oh, what do you think you'll be doing? You'll be working in a hospital. Doctors. What do you think you'll be doing in heaven? It, this is why. You see, let me tell you. Let me tell you this. Some people who, be, who behave, they are going to hell, but they want to go to heaven. Somehow there's just this feeling that me, I'm a good person. You don't understand principle. You don't want to follow the ways of God. But you just have... It doesn't work like that. I was teaching the other group the other time, and I told, and I told them, you can't be a hybrid and go to heaven. You can't have a knowledge of good and evil and go to heaven. If that was the case, then God would have not saved Adam and Eve. Because Adam and Eve became a combination of good and evil. So you need to be 100% righteous to go to heaven. The righteous men of old who worshipped God in spirit and in truth did not go to heaven. They went down into, into hell, into a place called paradise. Why? Because they were still a mixture of good and evil. They were not saved. So they had to wait for Messiah, the Messiah to come and save them. Down there, the Bible says he went and preached to them. And the Bible says, the Bible, the Bible says when Jesus Christ resurrected, the bodies of righteous men, holy men were seen coming out of the grave. They were not descending. They were coming out of the grave and they were seen going to the holy city. That means they never went to heaven. As righteous as they were, they needed to be 100% righteous through Jesus. So don't think because you are a good person but you do to my bad things here and there then you go to heaven. Mm. <laughs> and if you, if you think I'm judging you, read the Bible. Because what I'm telling you is truth. And if you're feeling slapped, you're in the right church. Yeah. If you're feeling slapped, you're in, God rebukes those he loves. If God has never rebuked you, <laughs> Check your relationship. But this is God rebuking you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Didn't he say, if your right eye causes you to sin, remove it. For it is better for you to go into heaven. With that means one perspective of life. One experience of life. One exposure of life. Than going into hell a hybrid. Having experienced the life of God and the life of the world. That's what he said. You can't be a hybrid and go to heaven. No, sir. 
No. You can't. Hallelujah. He says, I hope, I wish you were a cold. But you are lukewarm. He says, it's disturbing. You are neither hot nor cold. Who are you confusing? Because even the devil doesn't know you. Like, <laughs> where do you stand? <laughs> says, I will spit you because you are lukewarm. If you are going to be a Christian, better just be hot altogether. Just hotten up. Hotten up. <laughs> Not like you have much of a knowledge. Just hotten up. You've already started this thing. Just go in too deep. Don't try to see how far you can go in the faith or keeping your other leg in the world. When you read the Bible, there are certain, there are certain angels that the Bible talks about which released heat upon the earth. Some released plagues upon the earth. Did you remember, do you remember what we were reading at the, during the overnight? The angels had to bring judgment. Some of them will be bring, you know, there were angels that killed, an angel was released one time and killed 185,000 men. 185,000 men. In about three days, one. You know, some angels are made of fire. God, God made them from fire. Someone say, which fire? This same one. I don't know. <laughs> if, I, if I tell you, yeah, because they are, they, are called, they, are called, they are called flames of fire, the angels. Some of you are saying, how did God do it? The same way he made you out of dust. But look at how you look. Glorious. He's God. So he brought some of them out of, so some of them, all they know is judgment. <laughs> all they know is judgment. So either they have to be trained to bear with you because of your weaknesses. <laughs> so what I'm simply trying to say is, is there's going to be, there's going to be an angelic release in this last day. Let me not, let me not tell you Many more things. But some of you will have to learn to work with these angels. Because <laughs> they are creatures of purity and they stick to instruction. So you have to train to walk in that dimension. An angel almost sliced off a prophet one time until a donkey preached to him. <laughs> A donkey had to save him. You, it's, it's in the Bible. <laughs> a donkey started telling him, sir, calm down. Then the prophet was rubbish. <laughs> Can you imagine? He beat the donkey for talking to him instead of getting confused. That's how stubborn he was. <laughs> he went talking. <laughs> Hallelujah. You live in purity. Because they are certain, they will leave you. Because they were like, what is this guy doing? They can't understand you. <laughs> and, 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 because, and because, you know. Okay. Anyways. So we must have conviction in the things that we believe. We must be convinced of the knowledge we have received. Do you believe that all things work together for the good? That was a question I asked myself. And the moment I said, yes, Sampa called me and told me there's a venue this side. <laughs> Are you seeing that? The moment I believed that all things, a point will always come where, where your convictions in the word of God will be tested. A point will always come where your convictions will always be tested. Do you actually believe the things you have heard? The moment you say yes, that's when you begin seeing manifestation. Nothing can ever happen to disadvantage you. Put, yourself, put your hand on your chest. Nothing can ever happen to disadvantage me. And I actually believe that. Yeah. So I started giving thanks. Before he called me, I was like, thank you, Lord, because nothing ever happens to disadvantage. 
It can't happen to disadvantages. Don't try to understand the scriptures sometimes. Just believe. That's your calling. How do you think someone who has a pain, when you put your hand, some, somehow the shoulder will move backwards and stay in its socket? How? You think that makes sense? You, if, if you try to understand these things, you will be in trouble. You will doubt. So what you do is you just believe and you lay your hand. And boom. That's how we see miracles. He says, does God work miracles among you in Galatians 3 because of the, because of the law or be faith in God? It's a work of the spirit. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Something is happening in your spirit as I'm sharing. The The Bible says, didn't our hearts burn within us as he spoke? That means the word was, what the word of God does, if you allow it, it begins to recalibrate your heart. It begins to align you into position so that you become ready from God. Hallelujah. How many believers do we have in the house? Listen, where God wants us to go as a ministry, what I'm seeing now is a department. I'm telling you. Now, mark my words. I said where God wants us to go. The fact that God told them, he told Moses to take the children of to the promised land did not automatically mean that he was going to take them there. So where God wanted Moses to be was not where Moses ended, ended up being. Because you are part of the decision of reaching where God wants you to be. So that's why God calls him himself, the God of the beginning and the end. He said, I declare the end from the beginning. Then he also calls him the, himself the Alpha and the Omega. But he doesn't call himself the God of the process. He, he's God through the process. Why? Because you're also the God of the process. God will tell you how the end will be from the beginning. This is why sometimes you may be asking God, Lord, should I date this guy or not? See, but you saw a very good wedding. You didn't see your husband's head. You just saw a very good wedding. <laughs> you have to understand how God works. Yeah, <laughs> cover process. Yeah, it's about process. So you have to learn to be patient. In the process, God builds your character. He builds your character. Then he calls you over to devotion and intimacy. So that you can have a deeper relationship with him. And once you taste of that sweetness of the relationship, no amount of success can ever take you out of the presence of God. Some people have been destroyed by promotion because they were not built in the place of intimacy. Wealth can crush you. I've seen people get a job and they were crushed because they got something very high not ready for. I've seen men make money and the money crushed them. The Bible says your heart was lifted because of your beauty. So the blessing, if it doesn't stand on character, it can destroy you. This is why for some people it seems they are struggling to go to a certain place because God is enjoying their devotion. God is like, mm, if this one leaves, <laughs> relationship in So you're wondering, Lord, God wants you to go into the secret place. Are you following me? That's where we are going as a ministry. Now, this is not our final destination where we are here. I'll tell you this. What we have decided, what we decided with the leadership, now this is the part you listen to me. What we decided as a leadership is we are going to buy land. Better we buy land and we build something on it. How many are saying that's the way to go? Now, in this work that we are going to do, I want all of you to make a decision to be a part of it. To be a part of it. Make a decision to be a part of it. Are you listening to me? Make a decision to be a part of it. So what we decided as a board, 
We are going to have sacrificial giving this what's the month? October? The first week of October. So that means month in September. <laughs> we are bringing some kind of first fruit. That's the best language I can use, but it's not a first fruit. So your whole entire salary. Now, it's optional, but that's what we've decided. No one is coming to force you if you don't give. And no, now, we'll not chase you. Number two, you will not remain from the kingdom of heaven. So please don't say that church is teaching that. We just decided. And what we are going to do for those that are willing is that your whole earning in September has to be given so that we buy land. Now, already someone, someone, someone pledged the 50 pin. Another person has actually brought a 10 pin. So whilst we are waiting for October, some people are already stared up. Hallelujah. Now, don't wait until you have a job. Some of you are already saying, I don't have a job, so it's for my neighbor. No. Moisa, if it means selling your hood, it's nice. Sell it and bring the money to the Lord. That's how much you must be driven to want to be part of what God is doing. Driven. If it means selling your shoes, sell it. If it means selling your phone, sell it. Young adult, some of you are even single. No one will miss out on your messages. Sell your phone. <laughs> Don't trouble us. What transactions are you going to miss out on? Your projects has been in the pipelines for a long time. <laughs> they are still in the pipe. Sell your phone. Transactions. What do you mean transactions? You will sell your phone. With the work of God. But some, <laughs> some of you... <laughs> People are interesting. You've decided. You don't even have that 100,000, but you are thinking, mm, I can give a 20 out of it. You, you don't even, that 20 same one you don't have. But in your having, you've already cut like a salary for God. You're like, <laughs> someone has pledged a 50 pin. Other people are giving 10 pins. One of you can just say, I'm buying the whole land. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a nice building that is in, what's the place? Avondale. I loved it. Then they said, it's going at 4.3 million. I was, it, it looked so small, the money in my spirit. I'm just like, Lord, even me alone, just give me this money, I'll buy. Just like 200 and something US dollars. I'm challenging my faith. Hallelujah. And this is the reason some of you must ask God to get a job. Say, Lord, before October, I must have something to give. Okay. You, you, you tell me, one time in the Bible when they were building a church where God came down with silver and gold. Yo, na isana silver na gold ide. Nala mupela mu isakamana. One time, God threw an entire rant because people were not giving. Why? I thought you have all this silver and the God. He was so upset, God. God was so upset. Tell me one time in the Bible when they were building anything, then God came down. drama. <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you don't know that you're telling a dry joke. This morning, I, I wanted to joke with my wife. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to share it. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to make this girl laugh. So I was like, why does Don Moyne love the sauna? Why does Don Moyne love the sauna? I don't know. Because he's the one who wrote the song, so nice, so. So he loves the song. 
Sona, Sona, Jesus makes me feel. <laughs> That's the thing with dry jokes. They have to make you overthink. And then, it's, it's almost funny. Okay, let's get back. Dry jokes aside. <laughs> you make a decision to be part of nowhere where God ever you, you read the book of Habakkuk is it Habakkuk? Haggai Haggai eh? give me Haggai chapter you can read the wrong scripture Haggai chapter 2 so now <laughs> Sometimes it's just how people don't get songs. And it's strange. When you don't understand the song, that's when you sing it passionately. Just find someone singing. Like. I am afraid of God. I'm telling you the challenges that people have. He calls me Fred. <laughs> Hills and varies. Guy on the floor. <laughs> Nineteen warriors. They ate in battle. Now, I want you to look at Haggai chapter 1. You'll notice something. There are no dry jokes here. I want you to see something. Chapter 1. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the word of the Lord, on first June, Get it. The word of the Lord came by, by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, son of the governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of the high priest, saying, you are just not hearing. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, these people say, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. You know, it always feels like it's not yet time. It always feels like we are not ready. It always feels like we need to put certain things in place. That's why you, everything you are going to do for God, you have to do by faith. Even the amount you want to give in your head, you have to, you have to move by faith. Amen. Look at that. He says, then the word of saying, is it time for you yourselves to door in your paneled houses and this temple lies in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not get full. You drink, but you are not satisfied. You clothe yourself, but you are still cold. And he who earns wages ends only to put in a bag of hose. He's going to give a reason. That says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. In other words, look at the way you are living. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple. God is saying, go to the mountains and work and bring money to build. He's not saying, I'm going to come from the mountain. No. God is not going to build his house alone. You have to build. He'll work with you. There's nowhere in the Bible, even when David was, you go and finish that scripture. There's nowhere in the Bible where God ever built a church. He asked, one day God told Moses, I'd tell the people to give. Didn't God know that some of them were broke? Didn't he know that some of them were unemployed? But if we are going to work with God, we have to walk by faith. Hallelujah. And many of these things, let me tell you this. Many of this, that's why I asked you to listen to that podcast, because I explained these things in detail. And many of these things that you are going to do for God in this place, you are only get, going to see your reward in heaven. Are you listening to me? You are only going to see your reward in heaven. I know this is not like your most popular kind of sermon, 
But you have to bear with me. And some of you came with your friends for the first time. Then, <laughs> and the pastor is talking about giving, but hey, it's in the Bible. <laughs> then right, next week, I'll discuss other deep things. Hallelujah. When David was helping Solomon build an expensive temple, he told the elders to give. And they gave. And David said, I, he went into his personal account and got things and gave. God never came down. When the church was being built, Jesus never came down to it. He left. Then the Bible says the church was built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. They had to build the church with their lives. That's how the New Testament works. It's the age of priesthood. And there's no priesthood without sacrifice. Hallelujah. You will build you same one. God will enable you to do it. Hallelujah. Remember, I suddenly had a, 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 a dream that we were building big buildings at once. And all of us were wearing priest, priestly robes. That means it's not just going to be me. Your money is going to participate. Hallelujah. I want you to stand for the next few minutes. Pray in other tongues. Ask God to give you capacity and ability to give over and beyond for grace to gather so that you can do the work of God. You have been called to do the work of God as an individual. You will do it. You will not fail. This is between you and God now. This prayer you are making is between you and God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Receive divine enablement. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you a few things and I'll close. You can, you can sit. I'm going to encourage many of you to do business. Find yourself. Ask God. God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom. I'm actually making a declaration. God will give you wisdom. Before this year ends, you, I should see you in business. I mean seriously. And some of you should own more than one business. I'll tell you why. Some of these systems you work for are so oppressive. The reason why we work in the corporate world is not so that we can earn a living. Let me, this is so important. Number one, you want to contribute to society. As a Christian, that should be your mindset. Number two, the Bible says, let him who steals stop stealing and find work so that, Ephesians 5, he may have something to give to him who lacks. If you have a job that does not allow you to give to God, it's a joke if you're a Christian. The Bible says of the women that sponsored Jesus and his disciples that they gave him out of their substance. Meaning they worked for what they would give Jesus. You know Jesus had partners in his ministry. When you read Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, you'll find it. And it was women. The Bible says, out of their substance, that means they worked for the money. They wanted to work for it so that they could give to Jesus. Can you imagine? And Jesus was not saying, oh, don't give me. He ate. One time they were even begging him. The Bible said they prayed him, master eat. Then he was, he was, he was even making the food. He was like, ah, my food is to do the will of the Father. But they still forced, ah, the money. 
the money which you worked for so hard, they are begging a man to eat, is even skitting, but you continue till he eats. And some of you sometimes you just wait, you are calling your friend to eat, then you just wait for them to say no once. <laughs> you are even praying. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Some of these people you need to be careful with. When we, were, when we were younger, there was that thing we used to do for when they call you to eat, the cafest one, you refuse. So that it doesn't look like you are so much into the meal. <laughs> then the second one, they call you. <laughs> they were not ready. Some of you, you are saving God. <laughs> On a cobweb. Once we touch it and it breaks, you have fallen. Have you ever thought of saving God so much that even after people offend you in church, you ask them for forgiveness? And then you do more of what you did. You, you know, if you don't plan your humility, pride will take you by surprise. You need to plan humility, you have to plan it. You have to plan and mm, ah, I'll demean myself. I trust me. That's what you do. That's what I do. There are things I do to deal with my heart. You know, sometimes even in your walk, you can be lifting your heart the way you're walking because of how you're dressed. Now, there's a difference between feeling nice and good about yourself. You can also tell what you're You can tell. It's in the, that's why pride is something that. It's subtle. You have to train your heart against it, literally. You have to train your heart. You can tell in the way you communicate to your boyfriend. You are proud. And relationships will always bring you to a place where you notice that you are not humble. Relationships. <laughs> not, not when you are pursuing one or another. No, no, no. When you stay together, at least one year, you know, from eating from eating hungry lion together now, when you enter now, Matebeto for at Thorn Park. <laughs> that one. You are eating together now, That's when you can tell. If you don't plan your humility, you have to plan it. Like, what happened at Wim the other time was I knew you are noisy, and I didn't want my heart to feel to get too much glory. So what I decided was just to sneak in. Now, that, that's not to mean that it's wrong to applaud for people or to give them the glory due to them. I just wanted to bring myself to a place where I feel so as I'm doing the work of God. And then you guys are like over loud. So <laughs> you were not helping me because I was bringing myself to a certain place. <clears throat> I was trying to bring myself to a certain place. It, it's between me and God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I obviously force you when I walk in, you're not standing. I'm like, what? Because I'm trying to build a culture of honor. That's why you don't come here and you just say, I've got a testimony. No. <laughs> you say, oh, it's the house of God. Yes, it's the house of God. But there's a man he has put in charge of the place. You have to understand protocol. This is not a bush. It's the kingdom of God. And listen, we, you, this kind of thing that we are doing, you have to teach Sunday school that when you, they stand here in front, they have to say, I acknowledge pastor for giving me this opportunity. Thank you to the church leadership. Otherwise, you have a rude generation. If, if, you do, if we don't give this propaganda to them, the kingdom agenda will grow a strange generation that lacks honor. These things are inculcated. That's how come you find a five-year-old abantuna vesa panganda kareto laukapafpuna. Then the mother is like, <laughs> and sometimes I've got friends here who've got children, and I'm amazed. You're having a meeting in the living room, they are jumping up and down. I'm like, ah, is it good? My God. <laughs> I wanted to go sue my parents 
How come those have been allowed? Me, you know how some of your mothers would like even give you a look? My mother, my mother, she's Bemba. Bemba's <laughs> pretend. It's in them. She even laughs with you, with the visitors. But just know she's not happy. She will just wait for you to enter your secret place. <laughs> then she will come at you with a full armor. <laughs> they have to be taught. You have to plan your humility. You have to decide. And you know what I did? I was, I was, I was working on my heart. All the money, all the seeds you are sowing, I took it and I put it back. And it was a lot. <laughs> it was thousands. <laughs> and the following day, I planned, I was going to clean the toilets at Lusaka Playhouse. I'll not let any of you know. I was touched. We didn't manage to do that because I didn't have the utensils. I'm bringing my heart to a certain place. It's, it's a little thing. There's one seat left. You're running with your friends. You want to get the seat. Let, the Bible says preferring the other person over you. So if you can learn to treat your heart in very little things, very little things. This is why I'm telling you, sometimes you don't even know that you're proud. <laughs> you don't know. You're just a manifestation thereof. You don't know. <laughs> you can laugh with the wrong motive. <laughs> And I'm by all means trying to tell you to be over careful now. But I'm just saying, watch it. Plan your humility. The best way you deal with pride is by planning your humility. Plan to be deliberately humble. Prefer others over yourselves. That's what the Bible says. It says yeah. In honor, giving preference to one another. Meaning I would rather that person does it, not me. Are you listening to me? You've got to be humble. Someone say, I'm humble. I'm humble. What the Lord told me is this. And you see, the Bible says, for God gives grace to the humble. The more you demean yourself, so high. That's why one dimension of power I did not talk about, that I meant to talk about at WEM was this. Obedience. Obedience. I'm concluding. A lot of people struggle to put the devil in his place, not because they don't know the name of Jesus, but because they are disobedient. The powers that cause that lion to eat that young prophet were inferior to the power he carried. But because he was outside the will of God, he exposed himself to demonic attack. Obedience. The Bible says, when you tithe, I will command the devourer not to touch your food. That means this one, you cannot say, in the name of... Say, what are you rebuking? Come out. <laughs> you are already walking in disobedience. That name that Jesus Christ got, he didn't get it by grace. The Bible says he reduced himself to the death of the cross. Therefore, he says, for this reason, for that obedience. Oh, oh, no, it's going to happen by grace. What do you mean? Do, do people even understand this concept of grace? Grace is not just unmerited favor. That unmerited favor is a part of the, everything we do in the kingdom of God is by grace. Everything. Standing here talking to you, it's by grace. Everything we do, everything in the kingdom of God, the gifts we have, everything is by grace. You can't, it's not just like, oh, this ability will just come upon you suddenly. No. For some, for some gifts even come on you, it says desire. If God is everything, man, why are you desiring? Aren't you sinning? It says desire spiritual gifts. There are some gifts you never get, although the spirit gives willingly. Until you desire, you never get. Meaning you have to press into study. How do you show that you're desiring? Study. Study. Go for the meeting. Sow seeds. Pray. You are working oh, for a grace gift. So you have to understand what the Bible means by the unmerited favor of God. Because there are certain graces that you never get. 
for example, the grace to deal with certain dimensions of demonic activity says this kind goeth not except by prayer and fasting. That means until you pray, tremendous power, tremendous grace will not be made available for you to deal with that. Are you listening to me? Obedience. Someone say obedience. Obedience. <clears throat> obedience is not for children in the faith. Obedience is for those who are growing up and who have grown up. And what do you do if God tells you to leave your current boyfriend and he gives no reason? <laughs> Take everything, Lord, but that one. Lord, you said in your word, come, let us reason together. <laughs> that one you want to negotiate. Lord, make two lions appear. It takes maturity to read. You know how, you know, it takes a lot of maturity to let something go. Let me give you an example. When I'm fighting with Shepard over Jonathan, Jonathan is like his best friend. He's a dead teddy bear. <laughs> and he starts crying. I'll give it to him. Why? Because I'm the mature one. <laughs> Are you seeing that? It takes maturity to let go of things. So obedience is not for children. Yeah. Children, obey your parents. It's not that straightforward. There are dimensions of obedience. That will, God will ask for your leg. <laughs> and your arm. You think it was easy when God told Abraham to kill your son and he went quiet. Abraham, I'm sure he said, I bind powers of the east. <laughs> Ever since the Lord told me to leave my father's house, I've been hearing this voice. Then an angel tells him, no, remember, he notices it's the same angel that he saw the other time. This is not an angel of darkness. <laughs> I know, the Lord is still saying you should kill your son. Oh, is the Lord sure? <laughs> <laughs> and then the Bible says, after Abraham did it, the, the Lord said, the Bible says, then the Lord said, now I know. Are you telling me God never knew? <laughs> Meaning, God came to an epignosis. The knowledge he knew about Abraham now became an experienced knowledge. That's a higher level of knowledge. Listen, there are some of you who know that God heals. That's good. But you've never seen a healing in your body or through your hands on another person. So the faith that is anchored on your knowledge is not as strong. But when that knowledge is experienced, it becomes a conviction that cannot be wavered. Hallelujah. This is why you must always work your faith. Because once you build convictions, it becomes difficult to be shaken by the enemy. Someone say, I can never be shaken. That's how it works. That's how it works. If you're not obedient, you will struggle in the kingdom of God. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. In the world, maybe you can be happy by doing anything you want. But if you're going to be happy in Jesus, and then the word trust also means, I don't understand why I'm, I'm not getting what I'm praying for, but you stick around. Because faith demands now, now, to receive so up. But trust means, ah, still not receive it. But tizanka alapea, but tafika. You think, you, <laughs> there are things some, sometimes you pray for, you're like, why is that a project not pushing? You don't say, I have this church, this ministry. Oh. <laughs> you just sing. <laughs> and when they oversing the nah, longer nah, you feel like they're pushing you longer and go. The Bible says, obeyed, and he moved with godly fear. It took obedience through faith to build an ark. The man kept building an ark for years, 
a long period of time he was building an ark. Imagine how much of a joke he looked. Some of you may have been serving God for a long time. And people in the world look like they are progressing. But the time is coming. All that God is doing is building your patience and your stamina. Because there are some people when just a little thing moves them. But you've seen enough. It never crashed you. So even if you lose that job on top, you Fine. It will not share your relationship with God. You need stamina. Someone says stamina. Let me read you a few things. So obedience is important. Lord, what a glory is on now as we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Oh, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and all. Not a shadow will rise. <laughs> Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. All right, our keyboard is only new one key. <laughs> I was just hearing G. <laughs> Okay, he's a wonderful guy. Second Corinthians ten verse three. The Bible says, "For we, for Second Corinthians ten verse three. Are you still here? Yes. Are you learning something? Yes. Will you be a different person after you go? Yes. <clears throat> for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You know, giving is a weapon of warfare. This is the reason why some people struggle with the same demons. They've never understood the concept of warfare. This is why some people struggle with the same problems in the spirit. They've not understood. They think warfare is just about praying and casting down and pulling down and using the name of Jesus. This is the reason why they struggle. The Bible talks about the full armor of God. That's the secret to warfare. There are some powers which will negotiate with you. They, they are not afraid of you just using the name of Jesus. Yes, they, they, they honor all that or your service, but they'll, 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 they'll observe your life. Yes, you use the name of Jesus, they will run away, but they will go observe your life. So you have to bring yourself, for example, to the knowledge of the word of God. One day, Jesus was talking to a fallen angel. They were conversing. He says, ah, why don't you do that? He has to say, okay, the scripture says. That fallen angel again told him, but the Bible says also this. So if you have no knowledge of the scripture, then he also quoted another scripture. You have, just don't know the scriptures. You have to know to rightly divide the word of truth. As some powers who know it, ah, he chased me in church. I'll just wait for him in class. He's got a problem with anger. So he just cause that guy you don't like the most to do something crazy to you. <laughs> Flames. <laughs> At your workplace, your boss. <laughs> then you stumble again. There are always ways. There are always, let me tell you this. One day, a man named Balaam was called. He was called to go and curse the children of Israel because Moab was afraid 
He heard of how God uses them. So he was afraid. So he called a prophet to go and curse them because he had a reputation of cursing those who he cursed and they got cursed indeed. And blessing those he blessed and they got blessed indeed. So he called him. And when the prophet tried to curse them, he failed. The words failed to come out of his mouth. Are you seeing that? He stood over them like this, the same Balaam guy. He tried to curse them. He failed. The words couldn't come out. That's the dimension of grace we walk in. Haven't you ever wondered why, why Pharaoh would not use, produce the words, kill Moses? There was something on Moses. Haven't you ever wondered why Potiphar would not produce the words, kill Joseph? He couldn't. He, didn't, he couldn't form the words. The idea couldn't be born in his head. There's something on you that preserves you. The enemy will notice that there's something on this guy. I can't get him in an accident or anything. So, you know what, what he did? You know what Balaam did? He went and told Moab to say, if you want to defeat these people, teach them how to fornicate. Take your women to them. And when they begin mingling with the women, the women will also cause them to go and eat food sacrificed to, uh, to idols. That way, you can easily defeat them because God will be angry with them and depart from them. So, sometimes you have to, you, you see, you can pray in the name of Jesus, but you've got no control over your flesh. You are fornicating anyhow. Some of you are, no, uh, you are telling your friend. Okay, thank you. No, I, we, this thing we are doing, let's do. Mm. Then the fool is even like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't trust you. Someone, someone once told me, I'm breaking up with my boyfriend. Then, as they were texting, <laughs> the boyfriend said, okay, come, let's end it at home. <laughs> come here, end it with me. I end it with you. <laughs> Say things are over. It's over. <laughs> the Bible says if your right eye causes you to sin, explain to it. Tell it, Pastor said we shouldn't be doing this. Say, Pastor said. <laughs> Pastor said, no. Says if your right eye causes you to sin, remove it. Now, if you can remove your eye, you, what more a person who's not part of your body? That should be easier. So, for them to be defeated, what he did was he taught Moab. How many have watched that ka, ka, ka video that goes around at Simri? How, how many have watched that? Job, you watched it. <laughs> it's in Bemba. They acted that thing out. <laughs> so they tempted them to commit all manners of fornication. I'll send you the video. All manners of fornication with them. And God killed about 24,000 of them. Because of that sin. So, yes, you can pray. But can you keep yourself in your private place? Do you know other armors of warfare? So that's how come you find you go back home. That you think is back again. Because there are things you're not dealing with. The Bible talks about the full armor of God. Nothing that ever God tells you is against you. Everything that God ever tells you to do is for your good. Some of you, you walk in fear. That's, that's the entry point. It's like, it's like you come here, you're on fire. You go back home. Ooh. It's like in the heat of the moment of the attack, you don't know how to retaliate. You are weak. You think strength will just suddenly come upon you. The Bible says, let the weak say. What you say is important to whether you're going to win or not. Don't just keep quiet. Are you listening to me? Obedience. So that's how he got them still cursed. 
There's a way. These powers have a way. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing, listen to this, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Verse 6. And being ready to punish your disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Meaning there's a certain level of disobedience against the knowledge of God that can only be punished when your own disobedience is done, with, done away with. For as long as you're disobedient yourself, you still give access to the enemy. Obedience is a dimension of power. Abraham only got to a place of power after he obeyed. Jesus was only given that name. You want to be given a name in the kingdom of God? Show us your obedience. In the kingdom of God, greatness is a function of service. And you cannot serve if you're not obedient. Ask us whose parents were teachers. They moved us anyhow, and our parents went wherever they were sent. Obedience. And that's how they got their promotion. They will be told, you are going to be HOD, but you have to move from Kasama to Mpulungu. So until you do what God is going to tell you, you will never move up. And here, I'm representing God well, because God has given me. So when I tell you something, you have to listen, because your promotion is in your obedience. Now, I've been doing this buses thing for a long time. People in my bus press don't just want to change. That's how you sound. <laughs> obedience. Let's stand up.